Let me, uh, let me give him a proper introduction, however. Um, Fred is an independent, non-dual spiritual teacher and transformative philosopher. He studied and practiced Eastern wisdom for 25 years prior to 2006 when seeking ended and his true awakening commenced. He is the creator and editor of AwakeningClarityNow.com and the founder of The Living Method of Spiritual Awakening. Fred is also the author of five books, including the non-dual bestsellers, Awaken Now, The Living Method of Spiritual Awakening, The Book of Undoing, Direct Pointing to Non-Dual Awareness, and Beyond Recovery, Non-Duality and the Twelve Steps. Fred's living method of spiritual awakening is an extraordinarily successful process of non-dual inquiry, investigation, and direct pointing that encourages immediate recognition and acceptance of our shared true nature, oneness. Fred has worked with people from all the major traditions, Buddhists, Christians, Hindus, Jews, Muslims, transcendental meditators and Zen practitioners, as well as people with no allegiance to any religion or sect at all. More than a thousand people on six continents have found the door to freedom using the living method, which has roots in both Eastern spirituality and Western philosophy. Fred is very happily married, is deeply devoted to this teaching, his beautiful wife, and his extraordinary animal companions. He lives quietly as a chiefly ignored urban hermit in what he calls <laughs> the heart of progressive America, which, as he says, everyone knows is Columbia, South Carolina. <laughs> For more information about Fred, please visit his website at awakeningclaritynow.com and look for his videos on YouTube. Welcome, Fred. Thank you very much, Jacqueline. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we're really excited to have you here. As I, as I was saying before um, uh, before we went on the air, <clears throat> uh, I've been really excited to meet you for a long time now. So I'm just thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to have you here. Thanks. Well, I've, uh, I've been excited to meet you ever since you wrote me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it really is a delight to be here, and I, it's, it's an honor to be here, and I'm very grateful. Thank you. Um, so, Fred, uh, uh, what I'd like to do is just have you start and give us some of your stories, you know, some background. Okay, so um, and I'll try to keep it as brief as I can without, while still giving a little bit of detail. And uh, the, I, was a, I was a practicing alcoholic for better than 20 years. And um, so that was my first surrender. And it, 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 it took me, I was not a, I was not a quick learner. Um, in 1998, in in September and October of 1998, actually some of August, I was living in a park in Portland, Oregon, and um, just a bum, complete bum, living in the bushes. That was all washed up. I was, and I assumed, I mean, it just it was as bad as you can get without dying, and. <clears throat> And I, while I was there, I began to figure out I might have a problem. But, but uh, you know, and, and that problem, just to jump ahead, it forced me into the first bit of surrender, which was, and I thought I had given it all, you know, but it was, but I did, there was a, there was a very conscious to, uh, to surrender. And, um, and I reaped the benefits of that. 
four years into that sobriety, and I had been, um, I had been, as a, you know, studying this stuff for forever, and then, but it was only, it was actually Eckhart Tolle that pulls me into non-duality. It was up until then I was very much the, the Zen Buddhist, and I mean, I didn't, I wasn't a, hooked up with anybody. I mean, I'm a, I'm a bookstore Buddhist. That's my tradition. And, um, so you mean, you mean you had no living teacher. I had no living teacher. Right. I, I tried, I, you know, I went with, uh, some people of Trump, Trump, uh, uh, Rinpoche's and they were very, very kind people and they were very helpful to me, but they wouldn't let me be the Dalai Lama. So I left. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Who needs one, and, right? <laughs> um, so then, um, I, and then when I was in Portland, Oregon, uh, I was I lived out there for eight years, and while I was there, I went to the Zen Center, but they wouldn't let me be the Roshi, so I left. <laughs> I, you know, I just I didn't want to be a part of anything that I wasn't ahead of, and just it's just total ego, and because I didn't need to be ahead. I mean, I didn't know anything, right? I, I wasn't. I, I mean, I wasn't even close as I would see it today. I wasn't even close to awakening, um, but but there was such arrogance here that. I, you know, I just thought, oh, I should be a teacher, this, that. Um, interesting. So in 2006, I'm sitting in my living room and my life well, has, um, I mean, it's, it's my life's pretty much in flames at this point. I mean, I'm sober, but I'm still poor as a rat. And it's just, there's a, and there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I had legal issues thanks to my 12 step work and, um, so it was just absolutely terrible. And I decided uh, that, I, that I would commit suicide. And I, but my wife, Betsy, had had her partner blow his brains out two years previous to this, and, and, or, or a few years previous to this. And I just couldn't do that, right? I couldn't surprise her. So I went to her for her blessing and she said, please try this. And let's give it a try. And so that night, I recognized that I was in complete hell, which means that I couldn't live and I couldn't die. Because I decided, I made a deal. And I said, well, if, if my life is for worth nothing more than to make this wonderful woman slightly less miserable, my God, it's a deal. Okay? <laughs> but I'm not interested in this. I'm not interested in Fred anymore. I'm not living for Fred. It's all about Betsy. And um, within a within about a, I think it was probably the next morning, something like that. It might have been a week. I don't know. But very shortly thereafter, uh, thereafter, I was sitting in my living room, and uh, I was reading um, reading a book, Pointers from Nizagadatta about Rumsbeck Belsikar, and. He asked a question, and when he did, my body just, you know, I've probably read this question. I don't remember what, even what it was, but it was something along the line of when everything else is gone, what's left. Mm -hmm. And the body froze. And then I felt um, something about the size and shape of a BB turn in my head. And um, it seemed to, to, to unlock, and lock or unlock, but I'm assuming it was unlocking. And then there was like, uh, like a, I mean, uh, in, most people would think of it as chakra, crown chakra stuff, but I'm just not really a chakra aficionado. Right. So, um, 
and that's where and 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 it was an extraordinary you know it's one of the fairy book awakenings which is really a drag because you know they're they're completely unnecessary and the spiritual experience part is just completely unnecessary and it's really kind of works against you because you think that 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 jazzed up bliss and that uh, and all of and the you know, for me it was lights and colors i mean it was full blown and like like taking a bunch of acid and i know because i took a bunch of acid in the day <laughs> and um so it, it, but it was that way for me and then um but it began to calm down pretty pretty quickly and I, you know i i, I gradually came back to ordinary consciousness um, over the, well, not ordinary, but to a, a, a livable level of consciousness within um, a week and within a, within a month, I was pretty reasonable, but I was still, I mean, I was still glowing, don't, trust me. And uh, so I when I was a seeker, I was 110% seeker. I put everything into it plus. Uh, when I woke up, I, um, I took that same energy and I applied it to clearing up. I had woken up, but I knew, but I could tell, you know, that, that there was some distance between me and Ramana Maharshi. So I, you know, I needed to, uh, so there was something that needed to be done. And uh, I recognized that I just needed to clear. And uh, so I sat in my living room for five years after I woke up. And I didn't just stay in just in the living room, but I did go there almost every day and do inquiry and just do direct, direct inquiry. And I, I tested every belief I ever had. Is this true? Is this one true? Is this true? Is this really so? Is this thought true? Is this just over and over ad nauseum? Because a lot of them I had to do a bunch of times because I had one, uh, where, you know, that was, I don't have enough money. And that one just kept coming. You know, that was, that one just, I couldn't see through it. And then one day I, um, actually I was thinking, I don't have enough money. And I looked down on my desk and I saw that there was a mechanism there called a wallet. And I, <laughs> and I, and I, and I told myself the truth, which was, I said, you don't have enough money. My God, this mechanism is where you keep your extra money. See? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that was the scene of that, that everything was fine. I had not really gotten at that point that it was all about this moment. I mean, right here, right now. And when I saw that, um, that, that I was look, I wasn't looking, in other words, the body was fine. The body was taken care of the, the organism was, but the, but the psychology was what was screaming. The thought, it, the thought was that you wouldn't have any, you wouldn't have enough money in the future, tomorrow or yeah, the next that's day. Right. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm okay right now, though. You know, tomorrow is going to be. So. <laughs> right. And so the, and so, and that's a way of breaking through. That one was very profound. I never had to look at, do I have enough money again? Because wow. I, I, I couldn't carry the lie any longer. Mm -hmm. And um, which doesn't mean that the units doesn't still have a preference. I mean, I, I've had the I've had the the terrible story, and right now the story is is great. Um, I'm not married to it, but it's it's very pleasant the way it is right now. Uh, before you go on, let me uh, uh, let me ask you to clarify for those folks who uh, aren't familiar with your teachings. When you say the unit, you mean what? Well, the body. 
Uh, I'm talking about the body, and really it would be the body-mind, um, but I'm not, it means the, but it's actually the, it's the physical organism. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. But but that physical organism includes the brain. Right. But it but the when I refer to the unit, that's what I'm talking about. When I refer to a character, I'm referring to the make believe people that that we think we are until we find out what we are, and the. I mean, you know, I, mean, I, was, I signed up to get Fred awakened, right? That's my idea. I wanted an awake Fred because that seemed like that would work out pretty well for Fred. Right, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, you know, and just because then I could, you know, people would start treating me the way they always should have, which was with deference. And <laughs> so it was, uh, but of course it wasn't, there was no Fred to wake up. Fred Davis really, really, really wanted to wake up to the truth of God, but the truth of God woke up to the fiction of Fred Davis instead. It was exactly backwards. And I find that actually pretty much the universe works exactly the opposite of the way that we think it does. And that's the reason that we stay so confused. And that's why this awakeness that we are can be so very, very close and yet, if we and yet we do, can't see it until we do. We can't see it until we can. Um, so at any rate, after that five years, I started a little blog called Awakening Clarity, and then it evolved from there. And now it's a, you know, it's it's a it's a pretty big teaching by my standards. But <laughs> my standards, you know, any of my standards would be like that, right? Right, right. Um, well, I have a couple of questions to ask you uh, based on what what you've just told me, Fred. Um, uh, but where I'd like to start, actually, is with this idea of the unit and the character and perhaps the self. Um, um, are those, I mean, I know there's only one thing going on. I've heard you say that a number yeah, of yeah, times. Yeah, 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 so right. really, there's only the self. Yeah. What, 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 these other things are concepts, really, that I have, that I use in order to help point more closely toward that, that which we actually can't talk about. Right. Right. Sure. And so, um, and these, the, 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 the unit is trying to, in other words, cause I'm, I'm, I'm introducing separation into non-duality, which is ridiculous. And <laughs> I understand it's ridiculous, but it's ridiculous from a philosophical standpoint. It's not ridiculous from a teaching standpoint, because what we do is we, uh, what I do and, 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 and the tradition of Advaita, I'm not saying I'm, I'm an Advaita traditional guy, but what they always do is they teach things provisionally. Because we teach you that this is, okay, so here's the truth, this is the truth, and you get that, and then sometime later we pull the rug out and we say, well, that's not really true. <laughs> what's, re what's really true is this. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I've heard it referred to as absolute truth and relative truth. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so, and, 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 and with, and, and what we, what the, uh, what the living method does, what I do is my teaching is around incorporating both the relative and the absolute, because I notice that, uh, that I am just, uh, that I am the vastness, but also notice that my experience is still coming through a unit, still coming through the, the, 
and and through a character, Fred Davis. There's a sense of Fred here, but there's no Fred. And and, and I help people see this, well, every day, that, except for Saturdays. And <laughs> <Good for laughs> sometimes you. on a Saturday. <laughs> well, let me let me ask you because um, uh, I have listened to your teaching uh, for quite some time and and uh, a lot in the past week or so, uh, preparing for yeah. this this uh, interview, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I went down that road and then I got lost in it. <laughs> but let me uh, let me ask you what's uh, because the things that you teach, and I've even heard you say you've heard people ask this question of you. But the things that you teach, I seem to know on an intellectual level. Absolutely, but it's not my experience, and I've heard you turn that around. But it's yeah. still, it's not my conscious experience. Well, it doesn't make that make any difference. It's your because I don't teach. See that there's a. There's a teaching for the character, but I don't do that. Right. That's a, there's plenty of people who are teaching the character. What I do is I work with awakeness. I go straight. For, I just go for the throat. I go for the juggler. I have a I have a guy that I worked with last week for the I don't know how many, what what visit it was, but we've had several visits together. And he said, "My word," he said, "You know, my private name for you is God's jackhammer." <laughs> <laughs> Because it's, uh, you know, this thing is actually so much simpler than we think. It's because the, it's it's the thinking that keeps it from being simple. So what this teaching does is it helps you, it starts out with awakening. Most teachings will... You know, we start out with an introduction of some sort and then you go through a, a progressive thing until you, you know, if, you, if you're lucky enough and you live long enough, you maybe you get to wake up. But I notice a whole lot of people don't. <laughs> right. And uh, one night uh, in 2012, I was writing my first book, Beyond Recovery, and I had a, uh, a, a vision. And I'll just make it the real short part. Is it like I was sitting, standing on the at the head of my stairs on the landing. And, uh, and for some reason, all of the seekers from all of the traditions were coming up the staircase and somehow magically this happened. And so they're, they're coming up the staircase and they're going for enlightenment. And then there was a switch for a second and the staircase just was full of skeletons. Oh, wow. And I went, Oh my God, everybody's dying on the way to God. Right. And then a flat, something flashed in that said, what if we could wake them up first, you know, and then lead them down the stairs into greater and greater clarity that, but go ahead and get the mystique out, get them to where they know what you, the heck you're talking about, go ahead and wake them up. And so that's what I do. And I've been doing it for, um, well, I've been waking up people since 2010, but I've been doing it, uh, commercially, so to speak on the internet uh, since 2012 and it's, it, it just works day after day after day after day. And, and I have people, um, one of my, one of my regular students sent one of, he's uh, also in recovery and he sent one of his sponsees to me this past week. He talk, talked about this during my, I have a Sunday song also from two to four. And, um, and he told the story of, of that. It was, so it's, I get a lot of word of mouth from people that, because what I do, it just seems, I mean, I understand everybody's, 
of doubt or, or discomfort because what I do sounds like it's too good to be true. And we all know if it sounds good to, too good to be true, it must, it must be. But actually, this works. So and I, so it's, I can't wake people up on command, but I have awakening sessions with them for 90 minutes. And they are they are not talking to me as conscious awakeness at the they still awakeness. You can't not be. There's just one thing going on. Right. But they're not speaking to me from conscious awakeness. Awakeness is not speaking to me directly. Uh, and a character is speaking to me directly when we start the session. And by the end of it, one of my questions is always, "So awakeness is awake over there, isn't it?" And the answer is yes. So it's, I don't know. Well, and you, <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, I don't understand it. I didn't actually <laughs> develop this. It just arrived. Because when I had that sense of what if we could wake him up first, it was, it seemed like, wow. But I had no way to do that. It seemed to me the most ridiculous thing I'd ever heard. Right. And, but within about a week, it started to arrive. And I thought that it actually had been arriving. Uh, for for two years, but I didn't I didn't recognize it until I started writing that book and I had that vision. And in between the two, um, I ended up with the, the, just a lucky unit, you see, because <laughs> I'm doing the same thing the Zen masters were doing, you know, thousands of years ago, which is they would ask them, "What are you guys doing?" And they would say, "Well, we're selling water by the river." And that's exactly what I'm doing. It's the yeah. greatest con job in the world. I'm selling <laughs> water by the river. I've got some special water here. And if, if, if would you like some of my water? Actually, and, I would, Fred. <laughs> yeah. So it is the it is the the recognition that you're already awake. You just don't know it. And that and and we've heard all probably heard that at one time or another. Yeah. The only problem was there was no nothing we could do about it. Well, you know, it's, it's useless information, but it's not useless information uh, for me because uh, it, since there's since there's no one there, I mean, it's just the character is a concept that that is somehow cooked up spontaneously. And there's so that I think that there's a Fred, you know, I, I had the, the experience of being Fred Davis for a little better than 50 years and. But it's that there's no real Fred Davis, and so there, and you, there's there's only awakeness. There's only one thing going on. So there can't be a one thing going on plus a Fred Davis. Mm-hmm. Right. See that? Yeah. So um, I tell people all the time. I ha- let's say his name is Bob. Well, how in the hell do you expect me to wake up a Bob when you didn't bring me one? <laughs> so, right? so it's. Um, so it's it, and until there's a until awakening is functioning, what I do is very very mysterious. But once you've woken up with me, you see, it's it it, it is a remarkable process. But which I didn't again, I didn't invent. I just I'm just lucky. Well, Fred, is there? It's <laughs> I don't mean to be too irreverent, but is there a reason? Yeah. A reason I need you to to um, help me do that? Is there a reason I can't do it by myself? No, there's not. I, and I would recommend everybody do it for by themselves, except for the fact they won't. They can't. <laughs> well, wait you know, a minute. I, I mean, they can. It's physic. It's possible. I did. Right. 
I, I mean, I didn't wake up. I didn't have a teacher when I woke up. Right. So, of course, you don't have to have a teacher. And you, you not only do you not have to have a teacher, but you most certainly don't need a Fred Davis <laughs> unless you do. Right. So the it's it is possible for every human being. This is actually human beings don't wake up. A whiteness wakes up through human beings. But right. just for the sake of languaging. It is possible for every human being to wake up at every moment of their life. Mm. It is available at every moment. So it can happen spontaneously and and it does happen spontaneously. And I have some uh, and I have some students that woke up spontaneously or even or woke up through another teaching somehow. And they have come to me for because my teaching. See, I don't meet people that are not awake, but once. And that's when we go into an awakening session. Right. And because, I mean, better than 90% of the people will wake up during that session. So, and and so from then on, after that first session, I'm working with people in post-awakening. And there are not many people that have a specialized <laughs> practice of working with people in post-awakening. But I, I don't actually, I'm, I'm happy to talk to them, but I don't actually work with uh, and I write for them sometimes, but I don't actually work with people who are not already awake. Now, that doesn't mean they're clear. It means that they've had an awakening experience and that, that, that they have seen who they truly are. But the thing is, is that you can't, is the, the mind cannot remember that. The mind cannot hold awakeness. That's what all of us want to do. We want to understand awakeness and we want to, we want the mind to hold it. But the mind can only behold awakeness. Mm. It can't capture it because the part cannot contain that which it is a part of. Yeah. Right. I can't comprehend that. It, it just can't, it can't get there because because the part simply can't contain the whole. And so we try and we try and and and, and as long as we try to do that, um, unless you know, barring a, just a full scale miracle of God, awakening will not occur. So. so so, Fred, um, um, I, and I and I imagine many of the folks here uh, listening tonight have had an awakening experience, um, yes. you know, just a true sense of, oh, OK, I get it. I, I, I get yeah, one. Right. So I've done that. So uh, <clears throat> so I'm, I would be ripe for calling you up to go through awakening an awakening session. Or, yeah. Or or that would be the best thing would be an awakening session. It would be. Because the, and one of the things that, that you understand is that when we get together, like right now. Yes, sir. See, you, I can't see a Jacqueline. You, I mean, I understand that, that there's, a, there's a rumor of a Jacqueline. And <laughs> that I got some emails from something very Jacqueline-like. <laughs> but I can't see anything but me. And it doesn't make any difference what direction I look at. I just can't see anything but me. I notice that I take all kinds of shapes and forms and because we're talking about oneness, not sameness. And that's the, the mind gets those two very much confused. Like everything's supposed to, to bleed together somehow. But see, when, when I know myself as sameness, I call myself the void. And when I know myself as oneness, I call myself the world. And that's the one thing going on. So, so sameness is, I mean, the void is sameness it, and it's, and it's fine. I mean, I got nothing against the void. It's very, it's, it's lovely. It's fine. It's a very, you know, and, but 
you know, but this dream is pretty juicy. <laughs> it's so. <laughs> Let I me. Mean, this is where the action is, right? So, I mean, once you show somebody the truth, there's nothing to talk about. There it is. Okay. Well, oh, wow. And so, but the dream, man, that's a fascinating thing. So when you say uh, the void, um, that's roughly equivalent to the quantum field. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And it, there's and and so just by your comment there, I can I can tell you that yes, I've discovered or the many or the science I've discovered many of things that teachers before me have discovered. I've also um, confirmed some of the things that quantum scientists have confirmed I mean, I know that I've discovered I've seen it for myself and know it to be true you know the scientists are right I know they're right they <laughs> think they're right I know they're right you know <laughs> or some of them you know it's a select group well and you have said of um uh, students who would come to you or whatever you want to call them clients who would come to you uh, I, the difference between that is that a student is a student when they call themselves a student. And with the general rule there, just just as a way of saying it, is that a client is somebody that comes to me for an awakening session and they wake up and they go away and I never see them again. And uh, students are people that actually use the living method not only to wake up but also to clear up, which means that they will see me several times, uh, maybe many times. I have people that have been we- that meet with me every week, uh, people every two weeks, people every month. It's a matter of, really, it's a matter of, of budget. And it's I, I'm not setting it up to, I mean, I needed a lot of help. God looked down and saw me and said, man, that guy is a mess. The only way he's going to be any good at all is if I put him in three or four sessions a day. <laughs> and who the hell can afford that? So I better make him a teacher. And that's what happened. So <laughs> actually, I got a session to clear up every single day. That's great. Good for you. <laughs> that's what I'm doing here right now, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah it is. Yeah. It really is. Well, and, um, okay, so you do three types of sessions. You do direct pointing sessions, awakening sessions, and clarity sessions. Actually, the direct pointing sessions, is that's what I used to call, uh, That's originally I called them, um, DPS direct pointing sessions, um, and as and then I began to see that there were actually there were those who I, I, when I first started I didn't have a lot of post awakening stuff, which is just as well because I mean because I just got hammered for people wanting to wake up right? Right, right I had a I had a very full schedule just with people that wanted to wake up but as it went on and people would begin to come back I noticed. That I yes I was waking them up but they, that but the problem was just like you said you've had this awakening experience yeah. and you know but you can't actually know because the mind can't contain the memory yeah and, I, and I, I can't access that no. I, yeah Mm-mm. that's the so problem that's what I'm saying is that I noticed I began to notice that and it was like oh well, the, this doesn't seem to be all that durable but it can be. It depends. I had people that have, that uh, one of the guys in the Alps that I told you about. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a uh, he. He's one of the guys that is the underpinning of the night of the internet. I mean, he's just a, a ridiculous genius, and he's living in the mountains of Switzerland in a in a house from the 1400s, and a little cabin from the 1400s, and um, you know just has some kind of wireless thing or whatever, so he can get some internet. Yeah, he talked to me on his iPhone, and 
so for, for 30 years he he went about this practice very very sincerely and um he and he just never woke up and then he called me and he woke up in about an hour and when he did he just here's the here's the explosive awakening of the century he looked at me and he went you were kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, nope. And he went, oh. Wow. You know, because, he, because he immediately saw it all. And, I mean, but he didn't have an explosive experience. He, he didn't have a, a big spiritual experience that went with awakening. We have a tendency to confuse those two. Right. Awakening, more often than not, will show up especially the way I do it, will show it up without the explosions. When I first started teaching, I was having explosive awakenings right and left because I wasn't that skillful. And so I could take you only partway up the mountain and you had to jump. So you were a long way from where you were. You were just a lot better. So, But then I got to where I could take you all the way up the mountain, and it got to where I could take you up the mountain, and I built a bridge to the other mountain. And that's the way it is, is that you just I can take you all the way up the mountain. Wow. I can take you across the bridge. I can do everything except for, I can, and I can help you recognize your true nature. Almost everybody does. I can't make you accept it. That's the key. Well, and in fact, you, you said that... Uh that the the uh, single uh, uh, greatest factor as to whether or not you'd wake up in one of these sessions is is you emphasize the importance of uh, the person's willingness to tell the truth. That's right. That's it. That's all I need. If that person has has the willingness to tell and and now let's understand, there's no person there. This is awakeness. So it has to be awakeness. Has to be ready to to drop that story. But the way it will play out, the way it will look, the way it will feel for them is that. Um, is that I need a, a client or student who is willing to tell themselves the truth when it's presented to them. Because, in an, because the same truth is presented in, the, in, a, in a similar way in every awakening session. Everybody sees the truth. It is offered, uh, you could just say awakening is offered to everybody. And most people will partake of it. But there's some people who just it's um, they and, and some of them can actually see it. They can see that they're insane, that 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 they can because I'll start to use logic, use their own logic against them. And they can see I'm right, but they just can't get see this one core. There's one core thing there that you have to be willing to tell yourself. And they're just not willing to tell themselves. And that's the fact that there's no jackpot. Right. Right. Yeah. And so if you're willing to and I, and I make that very, very easy for you. And um, that and that's what an awakening session is. It's a it's a, a it's a set of conditions um, where it's it, I, I set up a, a set of conditions. It's like a maze and um, where it's very, very easy to tell yourself the truth. That's the key. You should and just make it easy for you to tell the truth. And most people, when it's made that easy, it's undeniable. Because I'm telling you, as I mean, I've got people everywhere that will tell you that that it is absolutely unmissable. When you go through this process, it's the truth is unmissable. And because we bring attention to attention. And but that doesn't mean that everybody is going to accept it. Most will, some won't. Some will accept it for the duration of the session. 
and probably I don't know this, but you know, the, the probably people that you know that just are bright and then they go back to sleep after we clang up. That would be rare. Um, I know that because I get of the people that come back. Um, but but we can only see as much of this thing as we can stand at any one moment. So when I can tell you when I woke up that I was sitting in my living room, I was so blown away that the, one of the one of the first thoughts that occurred to me was Buddha never got here. <laughs> <laughs> You don't detect any arrogance in that. No, none. Yeah, but that's the way it felt because it was like, oh my God, this is just, this is too much. And then I got to thinking, well, you know, that is a little arrogant. So I decided that Buddha had gotten there and Eckhart Tolle and then me. There was three (laughs) of us. I don't know, I guess I forgot all about Jesus and and all the others. So, um, but that's the way it feels. It feels like you've got the the whole thing, but in truth, you've always only got as much of this thing as you can stand. You can get more in a wave, but I, you don't want it because there are people, uh, I don't know if it's so, I don't know the, the source, but I, but my source is Adyashanti, who's a pretty reliable guy, and he says that a bunch of, uh, that, that a couple of um, Buddhist monks went around to asylums, and what they discovered was that about 15% of the people in there are awake but they're not functional. Right. You get too much, to, you get too much too fast. You need to be careful what you want. And, um, so the, and the less explosive, the awakening, actually the better off you are because you don't have that experience because you know what the experience we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And, and it can feel like that experience is what awakening is that what, that's what enlightenment is. And it doesn't have anything to do with it. It's just a, it is, I mean, it has to do with it, but it's just something that sometimes accompanies the awakening process. The awakening process, awakening itself is um, awakeness noticing that there's no Jacqueline. Right. Um, <clears throat> would you say that um, uh, the fact that we look for that um, explosive experience is part of the problem? Oh, and there's no question. I mean, it, it, it is it, it is probably the biggest problem. And this comes also from people who have had explosive, people that have had the explosive awakenings. They know what that's like. And really, we're just all dope addicts and they just want that next hit. Right. right? But it feels like, you know, yeah, I understand that. That's all I want to do. And I, and I remember it very, very well. And it's but I but that's what I wanted as I wanted another one of those experiences. And, um, and I got variations of, I had had lots of experiences, but I had, but I had spiritual experiences prior to awakening too. And the, and, and some, and some, you know, some Lulu's and, but there was just spiritual experiences. Um, there was, a uh, I went through a sort of a, I mean, I guess it was a Kundalini experience not too long ago. And I was actually in session with a guy in England when it started. And I would just, I'd not had any, ever had anything like this happen. I didn't know. And I was, I was apologizing because I just noticed that my hand was like starting to move on its own. Right. And uh, I was with uh, a guy named Dave, who's a teacher himself in England. And I said, Dave, I'm, I'm you know, really, uh, I mean, he doesn't teach this exactly. He teaches something similar and um, that leads to this. So, 
And I said, I'm so sorry, I can't, but I can't seem to control my hand. He said, well, it's all good. It's all good. And then, and at some point I just said, well, Dave, I, I just can't not. And I went backwards and just wow. said, oh. And so at any rate, what the next thing I remember, we had several minutes of which there is no memory because there was no, no one there to remember it. Wow. There was no character there. The character is the one who remembers awakening. And so... But we, and, and the first thing I left, the first thing I actually remember is I heard him say, I really think you should press the record button. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I decided. So I pressed the record button and we got a bunch of it on tape. I don't show it to anybody because it's, um, because it'll, it'll lead you wrong. But my point is, is that even in the midst of a blowout Kundalini experience where, I mean, I'm just in there, just total rapture. And, and this, I mean, it's, it's very, very clear what's going on. And, but it, during that, I looked at Dave and at the, and I couldn't even talk. I mean, I just really, it was just like I was drunk or drugged or something. It was unbelievable. And I, but I looked at him and I said, it's just a spiritual experience. <laughs> <laughs> because I was, I wanted to point that out that even there, this was, it was like, yeah, this is a spiritual experience and it's really grand and it doesn't mean that much. Mm. It may accompany awakening, it may not, but but having Kundalini experiences themselves for the sake of them, I mean, I was ready to, I was ready to get out of the one I was in. I didn't, you know, it lasted longer than I wanted to because I wanted to be able to get back to lucidity and getting back down to, I could, I could tell that mm. under that influence, I couldn't teach. Right. And that's what I do. I'm a teacher. And so get rid of this. Okay, I've had enough. That's fun. Now let me get back to what I actually do, which has nothing to do with that. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd been one of that 15% in the uh, in the mental institutions, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. Um, let me... Uh... Let me tell you what, what we we have been looking at lately um, are the practices of um, awareness, watching awareness. Yeah. Uh, uh, the loving all method. Uh, Michael Langford teaches tell you that your volume has dropped way down for me. I don't know what. Oh, going. I don't know either. How is that? Is that better? Not better. It's a little better. It's not much. It's That's some kind of a technical glitch, and it may just be on my side. I don't. Know. I don't know, Fred. I'll speak try and up. speak up. You're still hearing me okay? Yes, sir. You haven't changed okay, a bit. So the and mic, the, the mic is working, but And let uh, me let me ask my oh, my, my right, there. That's Damn. it's back. It's back? Yeah, it's back. Okay, good. Good. All right. I don't know what that was. All right. Um, no, no, no. It's all good. I'm glad you're, 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 you're on top of it. Um, uh, so we've been looking at awareness, watching awareness, uh, loving all, and, um, and really um, uh, learning, or for me anyway, a big part of it's been learning to uh, recognize that uh, thoughts are not mine. Um, and I, and I, and I heard you say that. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, uh, I'm not the thinker. I'm a witness to the thoughts. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, um, so would you say all of that, you continue to practice those types of things after your awakening or are those just preludes to an awakening or both? Well, the short answer would be both, but I don't have, um, I'm not the teacher that gives you practices for you to do. Right. Um, 
because from the standpoint of, and, and your teacher would know this too, but from the standpoint of the absolute, practices are absurd. But I noticed that that's just philosophy, right? Because in, in practice, because you will hear people tell you that well, there's nothing you could do to wake up, right? There's nothing you can do. And, and, and I've heard that many, many times. And, but I know personally, I know that it's false because I had a thousand people call me up and, and they woke up. And every single one of those people was trying to wake up and they woke up. So don't tell me that it doesn't have any influence. So the, but the practices are the, that I recommend for everybody is the practice that you're drawn to. Mm -hmm. If you're, if you're a meditator and you want to continue to, and you want to meditate for awake, after awake, okay, that's fine. It's not for me, as I see it, it's not a, it's not a direct, there's not a direct uh, line between that and awakening. There's a direct line in post-awakening between that and clearing. Mm -hmm. Because the if you're a meditator, then the mind gets, you know, very, very, very quiet and you can realize more and more subtle things. So I'm not saying it doesn't have a, a lot of value. It does. But if you're not drawn to it, then don't go hurt yourself because I've woken up. I've had, because I've had guys that, that in, I've not had a woman that's done it, but I've had guys that have been um, like in Zen for really and truly 30 or 40 years. And they didn't, and they had no clue as to who they were until they talked with me, which took them about an hour. These are people who have had their knees operated on or their hips operated on or both. But, so we're talking about dedicated meditators. And it got them, I'm sure, and, and it gave them a much better dream, mm. right? Because right. there's no stress, right? I'm just laid back and I'm not worried and this and that and the other. But you're still misidentified because that's the whole problem is that we are all misidentified is that I thought I, when I say I, I'm speaking as a whiteness and I thought I was a Fred Davis. And then when I woke up, I saw there was no such thing as a Fred Davis, when I thought it was a Jacqueline and when, and when, um, I moved from unconscious awakeness to conscious awakeness through that unit, the first thing I noticed was there was no Jacqueline hmm. and see the only problem is that in post awakening, it's Jacqueline that understands there's no Jacqueline. Hmm. It is, it is a very, very subtle place. I call it the bubble of self-reflection. And that's what I specialize in breaking people out of, because it, it, it and that's that's where you are when you say that you know I don't I understand us all intellectually, but it's just not my experience, and that's absolutely untrue. It is everybody's experience. They just don't understand it intellectually, <laughs> and that which means that they don't understand the math of one. So the mystery of the math of one is that one equals one. But we don't understand what one means. We just throw that around all the time. I've taught philosophy professors the math of one. I've taught mathematicians the math of one. And and they woke up. So it's just it's just it's just something that we overlook, and it's just the most obvious thing in the world. Um, but your the practices you're describing that um, uh, I like very much, that, that especially the uh, awareness watching awareness and and I think of it as being attention okay. watching awareness because attention is what is focused awareness so the I notice that the one thing that attention never pays any attention to is attention 
So <laughs> right. we, re we, we, we reverse that. See if um, some uh, someone asks, but there are things you can do to lessen suffering prior to awakening. Uh, yeah, um, which is, and we call it seeking, right? It's the, it's the, is which is, it's the process. I mean, I was getting. There's actually, I mean, if you're if you're a non-dual seeker, if you're seeking in this realm. Then, honest to God, it, it, see the thing is that we we get this thing intellectually, but we don't but we don't believe it. We don't operate on it. Mm -hmm. And what I'm suggesting is is that the spiritual path is really one from the that runs from skepticism to conviction. Over here, what you see is I know what I am. I know I can't not be that. And I know that, and I know this all the time. And this is what's called abiding. But I'm, this is awakeness talking, not Fred Davis. Right. Fred Davis, well, did not wake up, never would, never could, because there is no Fred Davis. And in the absence of a Fred Davis, it was uh, there was only awakeness left to awaken. And that's what happens because there is this strange irony. See, there's only awakeness, but there's two states to awakeness. There's there is conscious awakeness and unconscious awakeness. And 99% of the world is in experiencing unconscious awakeness. That's the reason they're telling you that you're awake, but you don't know it yet, is that they're not, because the really strange irony is that the experience of not knowing that you are awakeness is identical to the experience of not being awake. Because, right? Right, right. And, what good does it do me if I'm not conscious of it yeah yeah so it is um we we have to so 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 what happens in an awakening session is that i work with myself only mm -hmm. because there's just one thing going on so i don't i never have to worry about trying to wake up a jacqueline or a phil or a bill or a susan um i know that i'm always i know from the moment that we start i know what you are which is you are me, you are, you are awakeness. But what I notice is that over here, awakeness is very, very clear. And over there, awakeness is confused, but it's me nonetheless. But all I got to do is, is take me from a standpoint of confusion to clarity. And that's a totally different thing than trying to wake up somebody. Right. And it's the, the because that somebody can never wake up. The, the character will never wake up. Doesn't mean an individual right. uh, that a unit won't wake up. It will, but the, but the but but the, but when they do, the first if it's authentic awakening, the first thing they notice is there's no Jacqueline. There's no Fred. Yeah, well, I'm I'm uh, about ready to get rid of Jacqueline, so <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm about over so, it. <laughs> you know, well, listen carefully with, with the questions tonight because they will be helpful. And actually, what's already happened, what I've already said, is is really very helpful in clearing. So there, the, and the things that you do that can um, what I was trying to say is that just the intellectual understanding. If you would just simply believe the, what you read. Right. And, and I'm not saying and I know that, that we don't we hate blind faith and we only want to recognize uh, we only want to believe that which we experience ourselves and all that. And that's great in post awakening. Right. But prior to awakening, it might do you well to 
go along with your teacher. Here's what I tell people. Why don't you just, you know, uh, from now, why don't you just assume I'm just, just pretend I'm telling you the truth, right? Because if you just pretend I'm telling you the truth, you'll wake up. You don't have to believe it. You just have to, because it's the same way that you don't have to believe that weights are going to give you big muscles if you push them. It doesn't matter what you're thinking. Those weights will come. I mean, those, those muscles will come if you do weights every day. Right. And it's, it's the same thing with this. Nisargadatta Maharaj said, you know, he said, I just, he said, I, I listen. My teacher told me that I was not this body and I believed him. And he said to put my attention on I am. And he, that, I did that in three years, I realized. And three, three years was a miracle at the time. It's not a miracle now because we can do it in much, much shorter time. Because I put the focus on awakening itself. And most of most practice and most teachings are built not around a, actually awaking people up. It is it is it's a progressive thing where you where you move, at least in theory, you become clearer and clearer and clearer, and then you wake up. But I notice that that generally plays out in theory, but it doesn't work out fact very well because lots and lots of people don't wake up. You're, the, the practice that your teacher is giving you about this pain, awareness, watching awareness, that's a direct practice. That's a, that, that, you know, that, that tells me that your teacher knows what she's doing, right? And I would not, never, ever, ever say that if it wasn't true. So I'm not just saying that. I'm just telling you that's a true that's a true practice um, that, I mean, that's a, that's a direct link to awakening. Yeah. It's much better than meditating. It really is. It's, I mean, because there's a, because there's a direct connection there, but it's not, but the, 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 but what I found out is that what really wakes people up is questions. If people come to me for answers, they're in trouble. I don't have, I really don't have any answers. What I have is I have some great questions and I have, and I have a quiver full of them (laughs) and I start shooting those arrows in you, in you, the, 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 soon as the session begins, you you don't even know what you've done. You are looking, you are, you are, I help you become aware of your true nature in the first two minutes and, but you don't know it yet. And it, I, I don't let you know that for a while, but when I, cause I mean, when I started this teaching, I thought, you know, I was in my fifties and I thought, you know, well, I should, you know, if I was, if, if I, once I decided I was going to teach, it's like, well, before you start teaching or whatever, when, you know, what would you, and when, when I decided I would teach was actually right after I saw Ajashanti and I decided now nah, I don't want to do that. I, I don't want to be a teacher. Within 30 days after the time that I declared I did not want to be a teacher, that's when I became one. Up until then, Fred wanted to be a teacher. <laughs> and once it had been seen through, then um, it, it, there was no, um, once it had been seen through, it had been seen through. Well, let me ask you about um, the practice of self-inquiry, because I know that that, that was uh, important to your awakening. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, that practice of, and what you mean when you say self-inquiry and whether you believe that that's a helpful practice? 
Yeah, I'm, oh, oh, absolutely. There's, I mean, it's the most important thing there is. I mean, it's the, it's the uh, as Ramana Maharshi told us. I mean, he said, you know, there's only two, there's only two direct paths. That, from my perspective, I understand that other units are saying other things, and those teachings are valid. I'm not saying anything anybody's saying is untrue. I'm saying that 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 the same truth that's coming through this unit is coming through different conditioning over there, and it will be seen differently. Because nobody can hear, uh, I mean, not everybody can hear a single teacher. In other words, there have to be many, many teachers because the what I tell people is that this teaching of mine is not for everybody, and it's not because it's just too direct. But for the people that it is for, it is the shortest, fastest way to awakening on the planet. Because I thought that there would be when I started that, I thought maybe if I woke up six people, that that would be huge. And because that was coming from Zen, that's what I knew, right? And it seemed like I'd just be a very good practice if I could get wake up six people. And, you know, and, and, but that was before they started popping off around me, which was spontaneously just, I mean, I, I mean, I'm, they were getting some help, but I didn't actually expect these people to awaken. I just thought I was giving them some help in. I mean, because the first two people I woke up had never heard the word non-duality. So they certainly didn't need any preparation, except for the fact that they trusted me. They both trusted me implicitly. They were, because I was at the time, I was their sponsor in 12-step recovery. So, and, and I had been that for a long time. They had trusted me with everything. And they trusted me with this too. They listened to the same thing Nisra Gadanta did. They listened to their teacher. They they and they believed what they heard, and you can it, it, because there has to if if there's no if faith has no value, then why is everybody tuned in to this satsang? Right. Because there's a faith that somehow I'm going to wake up, somehow I'm going to get clearer, somehow this and that. so so the idea that faith plays no role in this is ridiculous, and it does, but it's just a different kind of faith. It's not a it's not a forever blind faith. It's a provisional faith until this starts to actually work out for me, which it's possible for that to happen very, very quickly. It, it's faith until it's my actual experience. It's, it's, I'm sorry? It's faith until it's my actual experience. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Right. It, there's, there's faith involved. But much of it can be your actual, actual experience. You know, it can, it can move from, from, from faith to experience in a pretty big hurry. Um, in, in, in about, an, you know, I mean, it does for people all the time in about an hour. But the thing is, is that Ramana Maharshi told us that the, the last thing to go away is doubt. And what will happen is that we see the truth and then the ego starts to rebuild. And it's like, and, and we, and that, that's what I call getting cloudy is when I'm just no longer clear. I'm, I'm not as clear as I was. And I'm not, and now I've lost my awakening. I had it, and I lost it. I had something wonderful and special, it was fantastic, and then I held my mouth wrong or something. I don't know what it was, and I lost it. And that's that's the experience, but it's never, ever, ever the truth. Mm. It's just the character's experience, but it is not the truth, because I mean, there is no actual oscillation. There's an experience of I got it, I lost it, and that's what I that's what I call uh, oscillation. Right. But 
let's just notice that oneness can't oscillate. Where would it go when it oscillates? Right? Right. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, so, so awakeness doesn't oscillate. It's always here and it's always clear. But the conditioning that it's peering through, the lens, because think of these, these units as being lenses, and the, the lens that awakeness is looking through is can be there, there are a zillion gradations of clear and cloudy. So when we waking up, there is like an awakening session for most people, not for everybody, but for most people, it's like we, we've we washed the, the lens, right? We've wiped the lens clean. But it ain't gonna stay clean. And it, it, it it's it's gonna take on some conditioning. Because but all that all that happens is awakeness begins to believe thought again. Mm. That's all that happens. Wow. But that just all that happens, you can't really put just in front of that. You say, Yeah, that's all that happens, but it's a doozy. Fred, let me look and see if we have any questions on the board. I, I, um, I also want to uh, encourage uh, folks to uh, raise their hand and take the mic to ask questions. Yeah, um, that'd be great. Okay. Um, uh, there's a question about A Course in Miracles. Um, uh, a lot of our folks, I think, got their... Um, their spiritual feet wet with a yeah. course in miracles, yeah. uh, and uh, uh, and some are are, uh, are big pra- practitioners uh, even now. So the question is: I have people that 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 are that, that come to me and they're in a course in miracles. They never leave it. It's a non-dual teaching. Yeah, yeah. So this is this what I'm doing is not about. That's the reason I say I've worked with people of every faith. I did a course in miracles too, and um, the uh, and I got a lot out of it. And it was uh, the the truth is in there. It's just you know there's so much other stuff around it that it's sometimes hard to to, to get it. But um, it's not you know easily accessible, right? But but it is in there, and it's um, so. Go ahead and tell me about a course in miracles. Well, actually, that that was the question. The question was was simply what about the practice of a course in miracles? So I think you've probably answered that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. So, um, who else has questions for Fred? I still have a copy of that. Though. I still have a copy <laughs> of several of the of the book of, of, the, of the two of the books and several of the all, all you know, the books that sort of go with it and the, the um, and in my house, right? And and I had to cut my books down when I moved to this book this house, and I think enough of them that I didn't I didn't kick those. Wonderful. Yeah, that's good. That's encouraging. Um. Okay, who else wants to ask Fred a question? We're all set up here to do that. We've got 25 minutes left, um, and uh, we'd love to have your questions. You all have heard my questions. Uh, <laughs> let's see if anybody asks one. While we're waiting for just a second, I'm going to see if I can turn up this gain on this mic and so you can hear me better. How Are you hearing me now, Fred? Not much. Okay. How about that? Is that any better? No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Uh, okay. And they, they're hearing me in the room very well. So I think it's you, okay. Fred. <laughs> if they're hearing you, I can make you out and, and we'll be fine. Okay. Fine. Good. 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 Uh, so anybody have any questions? If not, then I will, I will continue. Um, 
So let me ask you, I think I know the answer. <laughs> I think I know the answer. But let me ask you what causes suffering. The belief of thought. Yeah. The belief in thought. That's it. Yeah, that was my answer, too. <laughs> so this is a there's a fourfold process. All right. And here's the way that works is that number. The first thing that we do is we make stuff up. And the second thing we do is we believe the stuff we just made up. Right. The third thing that we do is we suffer from from because we're believing that which we just made up. And the fourth thing is we come to spirituality to help us overcome the suffering that we're experiencing because we believed what we just made up. And that's the truth. It, yeah. To be honest to God, it sounds ridiculous, but that's the truth. And it's so it's it's the The truth is always already here. We don't see the thing is what we think is that we, we want to add enlightenment to our bag of tricks. And I get that. I did, too. I understand it. I'm not making fun of it. I was, you know, I, I, I was a seeker for 24 years and I was um, and then I was in isolation for another three and a half. So I get it. There's, you can't go somewhere in this process that I haven't been. You, you, maybe something, maybe you can, but I haven't talked with the person that has. So this, what were we talking about? I can't, and now I'm completely forgot. <laughs> well, I asked you what, what caused suffering. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They gave you the fourfold process, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so... <laughs> Other than that's what happens with us with the parent oscillation. There is no oscillation, but with the parent oscillation, what happens is awakeness through that body is starting to is believing thought again. And your teacher is also right. Again, those are not your thoughts. Yeah. There's two things that we know about thoughts. Number one is that they arise, and number two, that none of them are true. Mm. None of them. Yeah. There is no true thought. So what I was talking about earlier, just just a little bit earlier, was that we 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 want is that the truth is already here, and we want we think we need to add something in order to acquire the truth. Right. But three of my books are called the book of uh, undoing, which was the book that made me, and then it's the book of unknowing and the book of unveiling. So notice the un, right? Right. That the common un, it's because it's not a doing, it's an undoing. Because what happens is that people will come to me and they say, hey, Fred, I need you to wake me up. And I say, okay. And, and, and so the next, very next thing they do is they back up their tractor trailer load full of assumptions and unload it onto the Fred dock and they say, okay, so <laughs> uh, let, let make awakening on, on there. And, and you can't. So the direct inquiry is, and that's what I do, is I'll ask, I just ask questions and questions and questions. And so until we, until we undo the truth, until we unwrap the truth that's already here, and it's actually already unwrapped, I'm just using words to kind of make some sense, is that we don't add anything. What I help people do is subtract all the bullshit that is, that is not real. That the, all the thoughts that the, the the core assumptions of your life are untrue for everybody that's not currently awake. 
presently away. <clears throat> and and uh, <clears throat> you have a way of asking questions uh, of people that reveal the fact that uh, the fundamental beliefs that they hold are untrue. It certainly looks like I'm asking that of people, but I'm not. As, I'm, I'm really asking myself. <laughs> and I'm, I, you know, it seems like a, a silly thing to say, no. but it's actually the it's the it's the key to the teaching, is to understand that uh, there's no individual there right. for me to talk to. So if I'm going to talk to anybody, since there's just one thing going on, I'm probably going to be talking to myself. <laughs> and so I ask questions but there's but there's an apparent body here an apparent body there there is there is the experience of separation it just there is no separation but i'm not saying there's not an experience of separation and I'm, and i can could tell you about that too but it is a matter of coming to see the truth yourself because you know your own experience you know what a difference that makes the whole difference yeah. That's the reason I like to do that first with people. Is we just you, we get all the pressure off, right? And then, as, as so long as as there is awakeness present, then they can understand the teaching. But when you go, I mean, I'm nothing against everybody, anybody. Everybody's doing exactly what they should, and I'm proud to have them here. But when we go to a a retreat or something. And we, the, the, the setup of the retreat itself is deceptive because what, of, 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 and really any, you can't avoid it. It's not, you know, it, because it would happen, it happened with me when I've spoken in, in uh, public too. I just, I don't travel anymore. So, but because what happens is that you got, you got the, the awakened one at the front of the room, don't you? Yes. The awakened one is at the front of the room, and meanwhile, all the knuckleheads like you and me are out there on our cushions, and we're thinking, oh, look at that. There's the awakened one. And we think we're looking at an awake piece of meat, right? We right. think yeah. that body is awakened. So let me poke a hole in that, and I'll tell you, um, this is my— this is my Buddha joke. It comes straight out of an awakening session, but this could be very, very helpful to people. So listen up. So the the Buddha's enlightenment story, virtually everybody has heard. It went like this: for after years in the jungle, the Buddha noticed he still didn't know his ass from a hole in the ground, and so he decided, I'm not going to do this terrible thing anymore. Uh, you know, torturing the body and this and that and the other. And I'm not, I'm going to leave this park and leave my, and he had a little half a dozen followers or so. And he said, I'm going to leave my, this park and I'm going to leave my followers and I'm not coming back until I know the truth. So notice that, that, that there was a very, very strong intent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was just, I'm going to wake up because, and this is what I say, the desire, the, the, the desire needs to be there to wake up so that you're willing to tell yourself the truth. Mm-hmm. So he walked up the road and he found a nice place under a tree and he sat down and he put his hand to the ground and he said, again, I will not move until I, uh, until I know the truth. And awakening occurred the next morning. 
which occurred overnight at some point, and it was but, but as the as the morning star arose, you know that the, the, the that's what way that we the Indian, I mean the Eastern people love to lace it up, you know, and eat lotus blossoms underneath my lotus feet but, <laughs> and things like that. But at any rate, so when Buddha woke up, I can tell. Well, Siddhartha, when Siddhartha woke up, I can tell you that that it went through his mind that well, I can't teach this hmm. because it, you can't you can't teach it, you can't speak it. But the next thing that Siddhartha noticed was that the body got up and started walking back toward the deer park because it noticed that it, it couldn't try, it could not try to teach it because there's the compassion hmm. is that it had to try. So the, the Siddhartha's walking back toward the, the deer park and, and all of his followers, they see him and they say, Oh, Buddha, oh my God, you know, something's happened to you. There's a change we can see. You're almost glowing. Are you a man? Are you a demon? Are you a god or what? And as virtually everybody uh, listening to this knows, the Buddha's very, very famous answer was that um, I am awake. Now, what I'll, that's the part of the story that everybody tells you, and that's what's in all the books. Now, let me tell you the part they don't tell you that's not in all the books. Is that when the Buddha said, I am awake, one of the monks elbowed the other and said, look at that. That unit just woke up. I can't wait till mine does. And for <laughs> 2,500 years, these bodies have been trying to wake up, right? Because he thought he was looking at an awake piece of meat. But yeah. he, he wasn't. That's not what it's not the meat that wakes up. It's not the body that wakes up, nor is it. But at least the body is relatively true. The character is not even relatively true. Mm. And, it, and you can test this for yourself. If, if, a, if, if, if a friend of yours or I walk into that room right now, then I will see a Jacqueline. I'll say, hi, Jacqueline. We'll wait. The, but if a burglar were to break into that room right now, he would not see a Jacqueline. He would see a woman at the computer. Right. So let's see what the difference is. They can both see the body. So at least within relativity, we're, if, we, if we say that something's real, if, um, if, it's, if it exists even when we're not thinking about it, okay? Right. So the body exists whether I'm thinking about it or not. I come around the corner, I see a body, I see it. So that is at least objective, yeah? Yes, but notice that Jacqueline is quite subjective. Yes. The reason that the burglar didn't see a Jacqueline when, when your friend did is that the burglar didn't bring a Jacqueline with him. Hmm. He didn't have an image in the head right. to match up with that image, and there's Jacqueline. And But, you know, where did he get the news? Where did he get the information to call that unit Jacqueline? I mean, it, it was, he got it from you. Right. He sure did. <laughs> And where'd you get it? You got it from your parents. And where'd they get it? They just made it up. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> oh, shoot. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, Kathy is asking whether you can share some of those sample questions you ask uh, in inquiry form. Well, you know, a, a good, a good, um, a, 
let, 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 let me explain how the world works, the universe works, if you will, uh, which is because it, it works doesn't work quite the way that we think it does. As human beings, believing that we are a character, as of when I was when I thought that I was Fred Davis, then um, my my experience. Tell me again what she asked because I just lost it. If you could share some of the sample questions yes, you okay. ask, I yes, it. I got it. So, is that as human beings, what we do is we get is that we get lost in the content of this arising, because no, awakeness is that which does not move and does not change. It's already still. It's already quiet. It never goes anywhere. It does anything. But so, it's the, the we get lost in the content of this arising. We think that if we can change the content enough, we will be happy. Right. And we will be fulfilled and we will be all of that because what we, what's really eating at us, and I, it, it did that way with me as an alcoholic, it did that with me with a gambling addict, it did, did it with me with sex, I've seen it do it with me with food. There's just this seeking because every single one of us knows that we are awake. We, because how do we know? Because we experienced it as little children. Because as, as infants, infants do not have any sense of 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 other and and of me and other. There's no other. There's just this. It's oneness experiencing itself as oneness. It doesn't have any because it has no self concept at all. Right. And that comes at like two to somewhere between two and three. So the you know the truth of yourself as oneness. Everybody does. I don't, I, all I'm doing is reminding people of what they already know. I don't tell anybody anything they don't know. And they can't because there's just one thing going on. But through the individuals, there is the knowing of the truth. And so there, at the moment that we declared ourselves to be independent in, entities, then the, that sense of wholeness was broken. And so the sense of seeking came in and we will seek for the rest of our lives and we will do it through money or passion or whatever it is. It doesn't make any difference. You can find, you can abuse anything. And I mean, you could success, power, fame. It doesn't make any difference. I have people that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars that were miserable when they met me. And they, they, I have a, I have a, a famous uh, European pop star just she's beautiful she's rich and she's famous and she was one of the most miserable people you'd ever want to talk to yeah. prior to waking up so there's no there's no such thing you can get to that place if you notice that there's some hollywood stars that get wrapped up in this and that's because the two things that will move you into looking beyond the content of this arising is enough suffering a whole lot of suffering or a whole lot of success. Right. Because you get all the success, you get the money, you get the car, you get the wife, you got the house, and you notice that I'm still not happy and I'm yeah. still not complete. So we are our journey through life is built around is is built around establishing a better and better self image. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm adding to my self image. But let's stop right there for a minute. What's the key word there? Image. <laughs> How much does an image weigh? <laughs> right. Okay. So 
what we can notice is that it, that the again this is this is the image is is subjective but we we think that we're going to ha- make it happy if we get the content right mm-hmm. so we get lost in this content and i'm in love with with a, with a new woman or I'm excited because I got a new car. I'm really bummed out because my mama just died. Whatever it is, I'm caught up in it just it's a beautiful sunset or damn it, it's raining again. Whatever it is, I'm caught up in the this outside. I'm caught up in the world. And and I think if I can just get the, the, the conditions right, then I'm going to be happy. And that's just simply not true. Right. What is the important thing is, and here's the question, this is the answer to the question, long way to go, but this is a really big one, is who is it that's experiencing the arising? Mm. That's all that matters. That question right there, to ask yourself, who is it that's experiencing this arising? And that, you know, so you might even, if you wanted to be even a little bit sharper than that, Start right off from from a little place that's a little up, up the road from that. Ask what is it? Mm. Yeah, that's experiencing this arising. Yeah. And when when that's seen, then it's seen that the content of arisings is actually quite secondary. It doesn't mean that the Fred unit's not enjoying the story. He is. And I'm not trying to. And I, you know, I, I love Betsy. I love my wife. I love this house. I'm, I mean, I, I mean, uh, made it sound like Betsy White, my wife. I love Betsy. <laughs> I love my dogs. I love this house, and um, and I'm not trying to overcome that. I'm enjoying that. I'm, so I, this, this, that we honor relativity because everything counts. But in the end, nothing matters. Yeah. Nothing matters. Everything counts. It's important how we treat each other here, and all this stuff's important. But none of it really matters. The only thing that matters is who is experiencing and what is experiencing the content of this arising. And, 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 and if they're wanting to know what's the content of the arising, in this case, it is, it, it is, the, the, is the pictures and sh- on my walls in this study, and it's the, sh- the, the shades, and there's, um, there's Betsy on another computer. And behind me, there's this screen, and that's the content of this arising. And the thing to notice about the content of arisings is that it's always changing. Yin yang, yin yang is just it just right. that within each extreme there is the seed of the other extreme, and it shifts and shifts and shifts. So that and that is duality. Uh, the, so you, the thing to notice is that there's something there prior to the arising what's there prior if i had to give awakeness a nickname i sometimes take it myself i would it would be prior <laughs> my name is prior because you're prior to consciousness you're prior right. to this content of this awakening right and we're done so okay i 